how do you know when it's time for something new? Is it better to stick to the tried and true or to venture out into new territory? I've spent a little bit of time over the last few weekends in the little uh, terrace garden off my dining room, pulling up weeds and planting herbs and flowers and hoping for something new to spring up, and later watching as the resident woodchuck came through and ate everything that was in bloom. Everything. So I thought, maybe it's time for something new, and maybe also something that the woodchuck won't eat. <laughs> God is always doing something new. Have you noticed that? God is forever moving things around, nudging people forward, and giving us the opportunity to improve. It sometimes amazes me when I run across people who, who sincerely believe that God never wants anything to change. For some folks, religion becomes the parking brake that for them keeps their life from changing, or at least that's what they think will happen. But God is always doing something new. In today's first reading, Paul and Barnabas are bringing a new faith to the Greek and Roman world. They know that the good news they bring is something brand new in these parts of the world, and that God is using them to change people's lives. And they will face trials and persecution, but they're also excited and motivated by their new faith. In our second reading from Revelation, John writes of God creating a new heaven and a new earth. He's writing to people who are suffering for their faith. And he wants to reassure them that this old world with its trials and persecutions is not going to last. He wants them to understand that God is not finished with the work of creation and hasn't abandoned this world. Instead, there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem. Behold, he writes, I make all things new. And in the gospel, Jesus is doing something new as well. When he says, I give you a new commandment, love one another. The people of his time understood God's law to be telling them to love each other, but specifically to love your own people, your family, your tribe, your nation. And this new commandment Jesus gives is new because it broadens that definition of one another. We see that when Jesus encourages us to answer that question, who is my neighbor? And all people will know we are Christ's disciples because our love will be universal, transcending boundaries of race and class and nation. God is always doing something new. Creation is an ongoing process, not an event that we missed. So why are we so afraid to take our place in the ongoing creation? And why are we so surprised that God is doing something new. I think human beings have a tendency 
to get awfully comfortable over time. Reformers turn into administrators. Rebels grow up and become accountants. We turn into our parents. And that's not necessarily bad, despite those clever Geico commercials with the life coach pointing out how people turn into their parents. Have you seen those? Before we know what's happened, we are the old guard, and there's someone younger, faster, better looking, hipper, pointing out that once again, it's time for something new. It's a natural process, whether we're talking about the work we do, the way we pray together, the ways we live together, or the way the church is organized. Think about it. The church is essentially a conservative organization with a small c because it's concerned with the preservation of the faith and the extension of the mission that Christ has given us. And on that one level, that's good because we don't want the church to be too easily swayed by the latest fad or fashion. But there's also an obvious downside to that small c conservative stance. It can result in protecting the church as an institution at the expense of our mission and to the detriment of the people that we serve. It can leave the church struggling to understand our culture and leave us oppositional and judgmental. And it can make us seem irrelevant. Fortunately, God is always doing something new. We'd like to believe that God's creation and the approach of God's reign follow a nice, comfortable, linear path, but they don't. And this is where our attention to the movement of the Holy Spirit becomes so important. The founder of the Paulist Fathers, servant of God, Isaac Hecker, wrote that he believes that the Holy Spirit allows us to read the signs of the times and to respond to the needs of our age. And this challenges us to be listening and discerning and not just reactive. But through all of this, we have to remember that God is still in charge. Our task is to pay attention to the signs of the times and to stay flexible. We need to respond to the changes in our lives and our world carefully and with integrity but managing the whole process is not our responsibility. God makes all things new. God's spirit still dwells in us and can give us the grace to respond to his new creation. When we focus too much on ourselves, our roles, our place in our world, change can be frightening and chaotic. But when we focus on the guidance of the Holy Spirit, that's when we are freed to find our new place in the new creation.